Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two friends, who I wish were not in two little black boxes, but this is the life I've been dealt. Ryan? My box smells of death. <laughs> that end is coming. <laughs> no, no. And Scott? It's okay. It's okay. Death is but a transition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the end... The beginning of the end, the end of the beginning. An Ouroboros of feelings. Yeah, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Welcome to feelings. We are here. We're going to do a normal show relatively. We got some news. We got some stuff. So don't worry about that. We're here for with you for the next however long it takes for us to do this. So Scott, how has your gaming been? Uh, essentially non-existent. I don't, I don't have any games right now. Nothing. Nothing, not nothing, at all. Nothing. I'm not even playing any video games. Nothing, nothing sparked my fancy uh, to fill the void. Uh, I've been doing a lot of writing though for for a, a community content project that I've been been working on. I've got that pretty much squared away, ready well, to that's start. Awesome. Yeah, ready to start getting that into layout. Uh, okay. uh, the miracle of layout, right? Yeah, the miracle of getting one of my friends who's offered to do it to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck that. You could have asked me. Oh well. Yeah, you're one of those people. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, you, now I love. Did I, you not get I'm, the email, Matt? No, I didn't. I honestly did. This is the first time hearing of it. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna dogpile you like I always do. No, no, but it, <laughs> it's my comfortable place. It's my comfortable place. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Uh, uh, I'm sure when we, when we do the normal episode, you'll, when that's out, you'll let us know so everyone oh, yeah. can be aware of it. Ryan, what about you? How has your gaming been? Uh. Well, a lot of it's been canceled recently due to like LARP stuff, uh, other people's lives and whatnot. But we're gonna get started on a game that's just for us, and I'm real excited about that. So yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14, which that's nice. It's nice. What LARP did you go to? Oh, I went to Fractured. Okay, cool. It was fun. Had a nice time. 98% hit rate with packets. Pretty good. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how that's a quantifiable percentage. Like you, I, I, well, I do know it every time I miss. Oh, and I do know how many times I burn, how many charges I burn through. So, <laughs> uh, it was and, good, man. It was yep. good, man. As for gaming, uh, unfortunately, we didn't have Mad Mage, but that's okay. We're 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 getting in there. We just had some uh, rescheduling. Uh, as for other gaming, though, I am starting up a. For just me and my friends, Aeon game. Uh, we're going to be doing that uh, probably uh, starting in early March. I'm super excited yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, as for also what to piggyback what Scott was saying, uh, community content stuff. I have put out two pieces of community content. If you're interested in Story Path games, period, my first piece is pay what you want. It's on the Story Path. Now. It's called Wrecked. Uh, it is literally just a random injury condition roller. That's all it is. It's one page. Pay what you want. Download the PDF. Use it for your story path game. Uh, and then the next one I just released, literally the day of recording, it is called uh, Black Null. It is basically some additional options for terraging characters for Tree and Continue Aberrant. I'm super happy and proud of it. Uh, I want to thank Scott and people of the Opcast for calling me out, essentially, and poking me and make say, hey, Matt, this stuff's good. You need to put this out there. And I was like, okay, fine. So I put it in the layout, made it a thing. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes if you want, if people are in, interested. Yep, they're both great products. Uh, the, the roller is a really good tool. And um, the Terrigen one really flushed out some of the, the mechanical spaces that were left undeveloped by how they converted from first edition to this edition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it's it's quality. It's a good good thing to have if you're yeah. into that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so please, links in the show notes, check it out. Um, I'll probably, st I've gotten some good feedback and some good reception from those stuff. So it's motivating me to try to think of more things to put up that people will enjoy. So I'll be thinking about that here in the future. I mean, that, is, that is one way to get noticed. Yes. Uh, is put shit out there. Put shit out there and keep. There's a couple of people that put a lot of stuff on the story path next. Oh, yeah. There's a, a couple of people and some of them, some of the more prolific ones wrote for Prometheus Unbound. So yep. it's, uh, it's a thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Prometheus Unbound went out. And if you're into Tr Trinity Continuum Aeon, you need to pick that book up. 
Yeah, it's fucking solid. It's like it, I want a physical copy. They don't currently. It's only in PDF, but I want a print on demand copy because it's great. That's normally what they do is they put the PDF out first and uh, then they get errata and feedback and they update it and then they they put out make, make a final version for the print version. That works. I'm absolutely going to get that. Um, other than that, in the, we'll just go right on into the news then, since we're sort of already talking about it. not much has happened. Uh, we got a little more information about the Dark Souls RPG. It is, surprisingly, 5e. Really? Yep, it's 5e. They're making some new character classes. They're redo, redoing the entire magic system uh, and changing some stats around. But it is going to fit, supposedly fit the theme and feel of Dark Souls, but it's in the 5e system. Okay, so it's not, oh, wow. So, yeah, this is just a book. Yeah, it is a book. Um, I don't mind. I understand why. It's a relatively easy system to adapt. But I was hoping for just a little more idiosyncratic nature, like something very bespoke to Dark Souls. Yeah, something that, that was designed with the themes in mind. Yeah, yeah, like... See what they come up with. Yeah. I mean, I mean as get... the as the from Stan here, I, I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I mean, you, you don't take up that property without... Um, well, first of all, you probably got to like it. I would imagine you would have to like <laughs> yeah. it to want to convert, to do this much work for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't want to fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. It's not a good idea to fuck this up. People, people are real fucking for serious about yeah, Dark Souls. Because I want me a Bloodborne RPG. Thank you very much. Well, I feel like the rules here might have some stuff here that might help you because Dark Souls, depending on what level of Dark Souls we're dealing with here or what parts of Dark Souls, certain pieces are pretty interoperable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Um in other news, uh, more in TV land, but I've watched the all the episodes of the first three episodes of Vox Machina, The Legend of Vox Machina. It is solid. It is raunchy. It is fun. I watched I mean, the first two, and I kind of slept through the third. Oh. Okay. But that's just mainly because I was getting my head stroked, and that'll just send me right Oh, out. yeah, okay. Yeah, well, fair. that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the show. <laughs> it wasn't the show. It was the fact that I had a very soothing wife just mm-hmm. lulling me into sleep, and then whatever, whatever, whatever she does to me then, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've watched it. I thought it was nice. Uh, I, I agree with the sentiment that a lot of people have, which is it's a great way to digest critical role because they've mm-hmm. boiled it all down succinctly and made good action mm-hmm. um so if you've ever been like i can't watch listen to like hundreds of hours of this you don't need to just watch the tv show you're fine because it's basically as far as i know that is the plot of the season is mm-hmm. going through a good chunk of the first season of critical role yeah i think it's like yeah one of their first big arcs yeah yeah i'll give it a shot at some point i mean yep. it is the only way i would ever be able to digest you know that much of that thing they made yep maybe i'll get an maybe i'll understand what the fuck people are talking about now maybe that'd be cool uh there are Somewhere. there are for people who are current critters or recent critters there are like uh fan service sort of easter egg moments is that what they call themselves critters yes, yes they're critters that's charming i can't not say that's charming (laughs) (laughs) that's a very charming name for the collective i have to admit yep that's actually they're one of the first groups that i realized that the fan base had a name for themselves like they they came up with a fan base name was the well i feel like they were getting out ahead of it right because otherwise you know you know it would be like mercer subs or something like you know (laughs) Just, you, you don't want someone else to name your community if you can help, but it's usually going to be pretty derogatory. Well, that's why it came out was it wasn't them. I think it was the it was the community that called themselves because this was like four or five years ago when Critical Role started. That's when they came up with the name. So this was a thing that organically like developed. Um, all right. Any other news from you guys? Anything? Anything? Nothing interesting. Um, nothing yep. that peaks my, my brain then we're gonna go straight into the main topic which is it is the end my friends of this iteration of polyhedron we have arrived we're going to regenerate it'll be 
It'll be during the Christmas episode next year. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah about it. it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We promise. We won't do it. We'll we'll try not to make the Christmas special terrible. Like most <laughs> some of them have been good. Yeah, some no, of them have fine. been good. I, honestly, the one that killed it for me, the one that the last Christmas special I watched was the was the superhero one. Oh yeah, that was kind of dumb. It was really terrible, like actively fucking stupid. And listen, and I know I'm talking about Doctor Who, but at that point I had watched all of it and I was like, fuck yeah, Doctor Who. And then I was watching, I was like, ooh, I don't like this. And if you like this conversation, you're going to love the new iteration of Polyhedron. Yeah, then, as, as we mentioned last time, the new iteration of Polyhedron is going to be different in several ways. Uh, first and foremost, it's going to be on the Simulacra Studio feed. Yep. Uh, so if you want to keep listening, uh, we'll be migrating all the old stuff over to that feed, including all the stuff that's on under the paywall right now. Yep. Uh, new episodes of Star Wars will be released uh, there. Yep. Uh, and the new version of Polyhedron, which is going to be less of a RPG topic show. Uh, and but we are going to be talking about gaming a lot. We're going to be talking mostly about gaming news, uh, you know, our own personal gaming stories and yep. just general pop culture, our feelings on feelings on the neat, the nerdy, geeky uh, projects that are out there. It's a more generalized pop culture podcast rather than a hyper focused one, just because there'll be much more for us to talk about. So if if the idea of us taking this show and then taking our patron content and putting them in a food processor <laughs> and making a delicious slurry out of it, it sounds appealing to you, you'll like the new show. Yeah, it's all the, it's all the parts of the of the show that we can sustain doing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because yeah. we've we've tapped out on topics about RPGs to to. Well, laugh. I just think I think we need to. I this is why I agree to a lot of this is we need to start having some intersectionality between mm -hmm. RPGs and the rest of pop culture because RPGs are blooming out and in, in in interconnecting. I just talked about Legend of Vox Machina, for Christ's sake. Like, it's now a television show. An RPG is now a television show. That's something we need to talk about, and there's going to be a lot of things that we got to talk about that are not strictly RPG-related. But it's, it's going to be generally gamer, geek, yeah. uh, you know, comic. Mm-hmm kind of good stuff the kind of kind of stuff that everybody who's into this stuff kind of likes anyway so yeah. you know yeah uh, stuff yeah. we like too and we will occasionally have interviews when they're relevant and they they come upon our our capacity to do them yep um and i'm sure we'll have all uh, sorts of larping stories and just general general geeky fun uh, we're, we still have more on the show and we're going to talk about more stuff in the show. Uh, but just so everyone knows, probably won't have the first episode of that, the Simulacra Polyhedron, until maybe a month out. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. I'm on vacation for a while, that kind of stuff. Then we'll be going migrating everything over. Yep. So we'll we'll be taking a little bit of a break. But for now... We, uh, we decided to leave things off uh, with our favorite people in the world, which is yep. our patrons. Yep. Uh, and we Indeed. asked them to ask, throw us some questions, some talking points, just some things that we could go over in this last hour that we have with you in this form. Yes. So let us go right down the list. Uh, not naming names because a lot of people use, use weird names that I can't pronounce. I don't uh, actually necessarily know the, the true names of any of our patrons in the Discord, and that's fine. That's, but what, that's, that's what the internet's that's for. Perfect anonymity. Yeah, I don't know how words work. Anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> um, so this first question, do you have any Holy Grail books that you want for your collection? Uh, that's the first question. Um, I would really like to be able to afford the big fancy book of Nod that they just put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think it's still in pre-order. Uh, I do not have hundreds of dollars to spend on it, but it's like real fancy. Um, it's got like like props and scrolls and it's all like real leather bound and it's got like artifacts that, the, that it comes with. So it's it's super nice. I want that. That's my uh, Holy Grail book. What about you, Ryan? Any Holy Grail book? hate to say it but not really like i just buy it if i want it at this point unless it's something that can't be a if i like truly physically wanted, obtained if it can't if it's not i mean just uh, the days of me spending multiple hundreds of dollars on books is complete it's like that's over now like i'm never going to do that again i'll just get it through some digital format but if it's attainable and for a reasonable price i'll just buy it yep um there are some of the collector's edition like i <sighs> 
I think the the fancy cover of Candlekeep Mysteries is actually kind of a uh, I, I kind mm-hmm. of regret not getting that one because it is so pretty, uh, and now it is like pretty hard to. Hard, it's like a hundred bucks and I already own a physical copy. So I just don't think that's going to happen for me, mm-hmm. but most uh, probably not like not, not really just nothing pops that line, but that's fine. Sometimes you are content with your collection, but I think anyone who's listened to this show long enough knows that the physical media of this, of these things don't really mean what that much to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, it's the content and the machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sort of like, I like both things. I like the machinery, but I like the physicality of the books. So if I were to need to Holy Grail, I've got kind of two of them right now. Uh, one of them springs to mind is one of the most recent, but it would, it requires me to go back in time a little bit, get the full invisible sun black box. Oh yeah. Like the two, three hundred dollar. Oh, thing. is that the one with that has like secrets in the box? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. fully, there's a full production value, you know, in that box. I was like, I, get I would want to buy that. If I had the money I'm, at the time, I would, and I was like, it's, this is a thing. I'm told it's pretty fucking cool. Like yes. uh, our, our, our friend, Jamie yep. uh, took part in it and said all the weird little hidden bits and pieces in there. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of good yeah, there's stuff. There's a lot of uh, sealed envelopes and books. Yeah, I think it's not exactly an RPG, but it, it kind of is. It's It's got like a linear story to it. Uh, there's a board game called Kingdom Death. Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of like that, that it, it's like it's an involved thing that has a lot of like like big, very detailed miniatures. And there's like it, it's a board game, but it has choices that, you know, affect your playthrough. There's a, there's a theatrics to it. Like the, the board game itself is a theatrical piece. Mm hmm and how you do it and that's what invisible sun is because there's like envelopes that you only open when yeah. you do certain things or if you want to do certain things you open and read the envelopes and that kind of stuff and a lot of extra content you can get the pdfs and books now separately but this was a whole this was like you could only get invisible sun and through this method it was like 300 dollars for the entire yeah you're, you're not wrong I, I i definitely would like that uh i'm trying to think about it it, there was another there was another that style of game it was a lot smaller yep i'm trying to think of what it was it was um it was basically like it was it was based around like a viking um viking culture um it was so, someone had died and you were all there to like like go over the estate and it was there was there were it was there were bits and pieces to it in the physical edition, um, like it had a lot of um, it had a lot of lot of physicality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you everyone you know took a role and you basically played through this family drama of you know the the jarl is dead and now we must tend attend to the his his leavings. Yep, to uh, the and, estate and to the estate and all of the drama contained therein. And what makes me mad about it is that. It was a thing that was Kickstartered, uh, and they only released like so many copies of it, and there's no like PDF version of it. It's it was one and like, done. You, you, you cannot get a PDF of this book anywhere, uh, and I'm I don't like that. I want I want to give you money and buy your <laughs> thing because it sounded fun. Um, um, Artist says no. Yeah, I know. I can't for the life of me figure it out. Um, because a PDFs were, they had PDFs that can't went with it. Like you could get a PDF copy of it as part of the Kickstarter. They do not sell it independently. Yeah. It's, it's all an insulated. I'm sure you could find it quote nope. unquote. Nope. Well, you've maybe tried every you, you, you've tried it, huh? All right. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while. I'll have to, yep. I'll have to you reinvestigate have to it. Uh, back, um, back to what I was going to say, my actual crowning, like, this is a book I need to complete my collection. This is no shit need to complete my collection. So I'm a big fan of Black Crusade. I have all the extended books. There's one book that I cannot get my hands on. It is like $300 for all the people I can find on eBay. It is the Tome of Access. It's the Slanesh book for mm. Black Crusade. It, it is literally the only ways I can physically find it are online for, for on eBay for like 300 bucks. Gross. I resorted to like physically printing the PDF and putting it in a binder essentially for my collection because I just couldn't get a physical copy. 
And so if I could ever get my hands on that one, I would absolutely jump at the chance if it was a reasonable price. Even if it was a little higher than normal, that's fine. But I, nah, I'm not paying 300 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any if there's any others that I would really like to get my hands on that I just can't think of right now. Because um, I've got I, like I've got Nobilis, which is a very, very, very pretty book. That is a very pretty book. I, I thought about Nobilis, but I was like, I could take her or leave Nobilis, even though I know it's very pretty. It's very pretty. It's kind of a nightmare to try and play unless you, you really have got your, your head on on your on straight for it. Um, <laughs> or not. Or not. But it's very pretty. It's a very cool thing to have on your coffee table, essentially. All right. Any Anything spring to mind, Ryan? Anything else? Are you good? No. Okay. We're gonna move right on to the next question because we actually got a few questions. I appreciate the mm-hmm. uh, the the uh, Discord server. Thank you, guys. Thank you, patrons, for bringing out a couple of really good questions. Uh, but like many, so, like so many other times, just helping us make content when we're just incapable. So he said, uh, "Are there any campaigns, not systems, that you've always wanted to play but never got the chance?" Oh, there are so many campaigns that I have in the back of my head. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I definitely would really, like, I want to play a funny uh, NWE aberrant campaign. Yeah. I want to be stupid wrestlers. God, I want to be stupid wrestlers. (laughs) Brother. Brother. Cream cream in the crop. Cream in the crop. Thank you for doing it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's the first one on the top of my head. Um, I'd really like to play, uh, let's see, campaigns that I'd like to run or play in. Um, a good seven seas campaign would be nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a couple of, I've had a couple iterations of those systems. They never really come together. Uh, the second edition was the only one I've even touched a little bit and learned a little bit about. It's, it, it leaves a, I think it falls into too much narrative leeway, mm-hmm. um, in terms of what, uh, what your little, what your hits can do. So I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that since it's not really like well not what we're talking about but it's like if I were to ever play a seven C second edition game I would want like I don't know some more rules <laughs> honestly like hey here's a basic list some of little more meat on them bones well some basic like hey here's what here's like a measure of what a success can do yeah because they don't actually do that very much yeah I have a Blades in the Dark campaign that's in the back of my pocket that's based around the uh, the Lies of Lacalamora setting. Oh, yes. Yeah, because I am so surprised. Like, if you, like, I looked into it, and apparently the guy who wrote that game had never read those books or even knew about those books before he wrote that setting. It was and it is, just, it oh. is exact, it is almost exactly the same thing. Like, yep. it's so surprising. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, actually, crazy enough, like a few, uh, many years ago, Murphy uh, started a game called Pax and Prowlers, which was a Warlocks only uh set in the you know kind of set in the same kind of setting mm-hmm. basically initially set in you know the Loch Lomoris and then it kind of like spread out because honestly there isn't actually that much like that world is not actually super heavily defined in terms of like what's e- what's all over the place no, so yeah. we, we played that game for a good long time it was fun yeah I mean we've got yeah we've got like three books so far but it's yeah that's a fun world <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely like to play in that uh, and I have a, I've had an idea for for a game set in that world for a while. Um, um for mine, um, uh, I want to play in a Strahd game. Uh, that's mm. every ever since I really kind of understood what the what the story of Strahd was, like the Curse of Strahd as a as a module. People have said it's one of the better adventures in D anD. d So that's definitely one I would love to be a part of. Um, yeah, I liked it. All right. Uh, the, the other one that I w- would, it is system more system dependent. I know you said campaigns, not systems, but this is hand in hand, uh, burning wheel. Yeah. Burning wheel is a beast of its own design. Like it is as open or as gritty as you want to make it. Cause the book is basically all system it is. I have it on my bookshelf. It is like 400 pages. It's basically all system. Yeah. So and you, I think, yeah, isn't Mouse Guard based off of that as well? Yes, it is. Yep. Ooh, Mouse Guard. I remember the one game we played of that. That was nice. Oh, yeah. 
we had, we had I, was a, I talk like I talk like this. I had a fishing hook, grappling hook, and I fought a baby fox, and it was terrifying. It was <laughs> it was so scary. But that baby fox had to die. It had to yeah, die. Dude, it, was, that, it, it, was, it was it was it was it was fucking it nearly fucking killed me. Yeah, I had to die. <laughs> oh man, that memories memories. Ooh, yeah, that was a hard time. That was rough. Um, I loved it. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind playing in uh, Dragon Heist. Yes. Yeah. Dragon House sounds I fun. mean, yeah. I mean, that was. I think that's up on our possible list of things to do with our next uh, with the Strahd group. If the Strahd that we had wanted to continue, yeah, uh, we'd, we would just have to adjust the. Uh, yeah, I think. I think the levels. I think Witchlight is probably more more feasible than that. Uh, I think but, it fits with what we've done a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> and the, well, we've already kind of done some planar jauntery, gotten ourselves missed marked and shit. We're all yep. missed marked like a motherfucker. So, yeah, we got out, but shit, you all know how that goes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, like, a, like a good, like, low level, starting low level Dragon Heist campaign. I actually wouldn't mind playing in that. Yeah, Dragon Heist fun. is interesting. There's actually some variability in there. It's mm-hmm. super fun for that. Yeah, yeah. Like we technically saw through a quarter of Dragon Heist. Yeah. Now there are some similarities. The, you get through some of it, but then there's a couple branching off points that start shifting the order of events around. Like I don't know shit about that submarine, but apparently it exists. Yep, mm. it's in one of them. I went and looked up. The, there's a submarine. Yep. I, I looked it up later. <laughs> an an actual aberrant war campaign would be nice. Ooh, that'd be so hard. It'd be rough, but it'd be that'd nice. Be super rough. Because that's the one part of the setting they're just like, nope, we will never explain how this goes down. Mm-hmm. Never it's explain up, it. Up to you. Well, because you. of how reality works and how their reality works, who really knows how it went down? Yeah. <laughs> Things got rough. It was a who, time. Who war. was the final decider on what reality said happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as far as for me, I I don't have a campaign per se that I'm like, ooh, I got to do it. Um, I mostly just there are systems that I would trust the person running it. Like if they were, if I were invited to it, I'd probably say yes. You know, like Blades in the Dark, absolutely, of course, my shit. Um, I'm very excited to get another crack at Aeon. Like that's I really enjoyed it when we had it. I've really enjoyed when we did you know Anima, Mm -hmm. and just to get another crack at you know playing a psychic in a very different way. Yep. in a very different scenario mm-hmm. uh it, you know this time i'm not choosing to be trapped on the world i'm on <laughs> no no yeah, yeah but for, just to let everyone know the general gist is basically i'm doing the lost in space trope for science fiction they're gonna crash land somewhere and they gotta survive and there's stuff gonna happen and you know uh i'm not gonna be a psychic super soldier this time mm-hmm. i'm just gonna be some asshole <laughs> With psychic powers i'm gonna i am gonna be a super soldier but i'm not gonna be psychic nope yeah i'm, I'm gonna be a superior that's that's oh man yeah I, I i read up how they work it's pretty fucking cool they like, are pretty yep. fucking neat <laughs> they are real good uh let's go right on to the next question which is actually kind of the in, inverse of the previous question mm-hmm. uh he, he this is supposed to be sort of a, a not a serious but more of a conversation piece uh what is the most complicated game system you have come up with or that you had been a part of. Okay, that I I don't make I don't make them complicated. So, but I've definitely taken part in some complicated shit. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'll start off. Burning fucking wheel. Oof. Wow. I'm still getting my head around that system. I own the fucking book. I've had it for over a year. It's still dense. I mean, I played. I played a game, a, a one shot of Mutant Epoch, and that was fucking ridiculous. Mm. That's like, it's not like dying character. Cre- well, I think there is dying character creation, but like, it's tables upon tables upon tables upon. It's one of those games. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty nuts. <laughs> it was pretty nuts. I had like five arms. I had like four HP. I don't know what was going on. I, I almost made it. That, that that reminds me of the crazy. Yeah, I did Mutant Metpock a long time ago, too. Now that you just remember, I was a ro- Mutant Rosebush, essentially. Yep, that can happen. Yep, Mutant Rosebush. Just 
Yeah, you're a monster. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a guy. No, you're you're, you're a weird plant creature. Uh, what about you, Scott? I don't know. Like, I I tend to shy away from that that nonsense. Um, I think probably the most complicated one that I was in was actually my first one, which was Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Yes. Uh, that was very complicated and strange and it's a job system Yep. um and you had to like it was leveling up was kind of a chore because you you had to like plan well in advance where you were gonna go so so that actually gets back to like merging some questions together because you've jogged my Mm -hmm. memory i would love to be in a warhammer fantasy role-playing original warhammer fantasy role-playing game because part of that interestingness is like you randomly rolled your stats and from your stats, you figured out what job you could, and then you grew in the character, and then that's what determined what job their jobs you could get to. So the whole thing was you couldn't really plan. It's really hard to well, plan. Well, once you got your first job, you could plan. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, like I started off as a like the way I started off in that game was I was like uh, like a like a I was I went down the the dwarven slayer path. Yeah. 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 Which you got to choose whether you're going to go on, stay on that path, or go on, or, or get off that path, uh, because it is all about killing big things. You have to kill certain big things to get to the next job, like to be considered another type of slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very complicated, uh, but it was still very fun because that was my first role playing game. Yep. Uh, but it was, I probably wouldn't do it again because I don't like the don't like the, yeah, the, uh, the clicky clack aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, just some of the some of the that oh uh the one more complicated system but also hilarious system is buttery wholesomeness Uh, tables the table the table conversation reminded me of buttery wholesomeness because it's literally a chart chart there are charts that lead you to other charts and yes you can die on the chart chart and the chart chart you can die in character creation i don't know man i think the most complicated one is freebasing yeah, well, no, they're the uh, rules are inscrutable, noble yeah. to mankind. But you know, I mean, it's if you got to roll those drunks to get those those XPs, man. Like, yeah, man, you got to really think. You got to really think out your plans. It's really hard to do it in the modern context because there aren't any save points anymore. That is true, unless you always have a save point with you, and that's cheating. I don't know, man. It's pretty specific that it's a payphone. No, but if you just want to be baller and you just want to get started, just burn down your house. Well, that's how you announce to everyone else that you're playing freebasing. Um, <laughs> Polyhedra does not endorse you or encourage anyone to burn down their house. This was no, but we joke. do encourage freebasing. We so. do encourage freebasing, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you smoke, uh, smoke it raw. Satires, satires, satires. Uh, I can also say, honestly, that the, uh, the, uh, the Street Fighter white wolf game is pretty mm. fucking complicated or it could be uh but i don't know if that was from the modifications i don't know whether that was from the complications we added to it by making the system function in a way that <laughs> makes sense uh or adding like stuff for like supers or stuff like that into it but it got pretty fucking complicated now to our credit we had done so played it so much that like this it was one of those situations where even though the system was like complicated we we moved along pretty quickly because all of us you know knew what was going on but at the beginning yeah uh my only horror story for for by horror story i don't mean i felt horrible by playing it but i felt horrible and guilty by abusing the system was when we were scott when you were running your exalted game and Mm. i kept rechanging how freebie points worked over and over again to the point of just obsession to maximize every ounce of power out of it because this was the system where you had freebie points that distributed did weird yep. things at the beginning before you got XP, and then I would apply XP afterwards, and it was nuts. It's one yeah. of those great systems where you could totally build your character wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's one of those systems where it's like, hey, did you do this? You could literally build your character to where, like, oh, you had the same thing. You did, got this, you, you had the same amount of shit to spend. But this person is categorically better than you <laughs> because they just did it in a different order than you did. Yeah, exalted second edition. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. It got it went places. There's some really cool places it went, mm-hmm. but it sprawled out every which way. Uh, on going on to some more questions, we appreciate this. Is there an RPG you like to read? 
The setting fiction is what calls to you, not actually playing it. Uh, yeah, several of them. Uh, I love every single Trinity Continuum and Trinity Universe book for the for the story in there. Yep. Um, I really like all the World of Darkness books. Those are all fun to read from a from a setting and lore perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are the two I... main ones. I have, thanks to Scott, uh, I remember reading through a lot of the Aberrant First Edition books. Mm-hmm. They are really good reads. They are well-written, both from a when from when you're talking about in-character stuff and when you're talking more like back-end game master player sections. They There's always something new to learn every time you read it. Which yeah. Is- just so so the question is do we just like read rpg books for funsies yeah which ones do you which ones do you like to read just for fun like i don't (laughs) i don't do i don't do that (laughs) it's okay you don't have to have it i engage with this hobby very differently than some people do i guess i don't know um it just depends on the setting like i will obviously i'll read them if i need depending on the book Um, i'll read it if i need it that's the only time i'll ever read an rpg book is if i need to know what it says on a certain topic. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think Trinity is the one that would sit down. Like, I was doing that today. Even mm-hmm. though I'm about to run a game, I'm like, oh, my brain was like, you should learn how to read. What's this What's this era or this time period or this thing all about? Well, I need to go read it. I mean, to the credit of the, I mean, the ones I've read of the Trinity books have been easy reading to their credit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've found what I needed to find in them and it is expressed in a way that I, you know, was pretty clear, understandable, and enjoyable. I just don't do it like for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, it's it's not so much that I'll like read them for fun, but like when I when I want to revisit something or I want to like sort of get, get a, another take on it, uh, I I enjoy reading. Like I'll read the Terrigen book pretty much back to front anytime. Yeah, because it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's a very interesting treatise on where you can take a character mm-hmm. uh, uh, but all the other books the directive book the utopia book are interesting reads too because you're getting a different slice of that universe mm-hmm. from a very different perspective um all right we'll move on to the next question uh i'm going to rephrase this question a little bit what cyberpunk games do you know about that focus more on the punk side An- of things anima <laughs> Trinity Continuum Anima. It was so fucking good. Uh, that is like you can you, you know. can they they that that puts the fuck the man front and center. Yeah, because if you read it, especially from a modern modern American context, if you read that book, you're gonna go, oh, this sucks. This sucks so much. You see exactly the problems. Well, and it's it, like, and if you read some of the supplemental stuff that they, they've talked about it is that they wanted to avoid the standard kind of cyberpunk milieu of you guys are mercenaries, you know, yep. working for the mega corps. Like, no, you're, you by and large, you are going to be people who are working for a cause or a purpose that is going to be anti-fascist first and foremost uh, and you know, interacting with all the same cool cyberpunk stuff, like you're not going to be a dead-eyed mercenary who's in it for the the Nuyen. Right, right. Which is actually when we played Anarchy a while back. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that got me into like, oh, Shadowrun doesn't hit me the same way it hit me when I was younger because I'm like, why aren't I part of the Orc and Goblinoid Rebellion, like the Underground Resistance? Why would I be just a shadow runner? Why am I not just literally a rebel? Dude, they're fighting against these corporate uh, oligarchs because it's obviously those are the real bad guys in the setting. Like, all of this. I don't feel like I'm damning the man enough right now, and I feel like I need to damn him more. Yes. Uh, I don't want to be literally working for the man as a deniable asset. Yeah, it's got to be sort of built in. And I can see why like cyberpunk or Shadowrun cannot hit that itch just right because the point is it's like part of their motif is you're not big enough or heroic enough or capable enough to take on in the end of the day the corporations will still be there mm-hmm. like I, ha- I need to look at cyberpunk red i don't know if they've they've kind of tuned that in any particular direction or not yeah, yeah. i have the 
Starbox. I need to check it out. Uh, but yeah, no, if you want a, a cyberpunk game that focuses on the punk, I, you know, it, it's kind of a one trick pony for us here, but, but anima is, yeah. of the training continuum is what you're looking for. If you haven't had a chance to back that or get the, the backer or see our, um, yeah. see our actual play that we did with Onyx Bath. Yeah. For, for us here, like we're all going to tell you straight and what we know from experience. We're not going to tell you things that we are not like really familiar with. So we can't really name another game. Mm-hmm. unless we played it so i can't really answer other than anima is a good way of doing that i mean i'm sure there's like if you wanted to do like a blades in the dark adaptation of for a cyberpunk setting i'm sure that would be like you could probably do you do that oh right? absolutely yeah. it has, to, be, there, there, has there, to exist yeah there are hacks out there for it yeah absolutely i feel like you could get away with that pretty easily if you wanted to do it that way you couldn't do any system in cyberpunk if you wanted the just the game to be more punk just make it more punk. Make it more punk. Think about just make it more punk. Yeah, just make it more punk. Where the power? Where's the power? Power differentials in this in the setting? Yeah, and work on trying to be on the lower and trying to topple the bigger one. Yeah, just again, you need to take your damning the man quotient up a little bit, and then you're a punk game. Like, yeah. if you were in inter- if you are attempting to topple a regime, and being a you know at a pretty street level. That's punk, man. Uh, you can pro- you can you can probably do that in Mage some. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. Fight against yeah. the technocracy. Yeah. yeah. Or you know even the 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 horrier old you know dusty aspect of the traditions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's so a little bit of a side, but I like this topic. I'm interested to see what they do in Mage Five, mm-hmm. because the technocracy mm-hmm. has gone through a lot of revision when they did technocracy reloaded, because. I will not say religious or spiritual thinking is bad, but I will say that it has become it can become toxic for people. And because of that, Mage has a very different feel from a modern perspective. Because you fight against scientific progress in Mage when you fight against technocracy. And that's not necessarily in real life a good thing. Yeah, no, that, that there's definitely there um yeah. Wait. I don't really like the idea of a war on modernity. You know, I think that's usually like, I don't know. I don't want to make it Luddite porn. That's weird. Well, I mean, I think they've always, they've always put the technocracy, not so much as like they're bad because they're modern or they're bad because they're science. They're bad because they're authoritarian. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, science and technology, because you can be a virtual adept or a son of ether or an etherite uh, and, and deal with technology, very modern technology, especially with the sons of ether. Or the uh, sorry the 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 virtual adepts. Yep. Uh, you can be a technologist and you can not be authoritarian. It's the authoritarian, you know, wanting to control every aspect of reality that is what you're fighting against when you fight against the technocracy. Well, then, the, but that was the issue is it, to boil it down because people work in abstracts, right? If I'm fighting against the technocracy, the boil down is I'm fighting against science. I'm fighting against scientific method and ma- my magic, but- my traditions. The traditional way of doing things is the more correct way of doing things. And I can see where that interpretation came from. I mean, I, as someone who doesn't really know the setting super well, it is the, the does does technocracy get to triple equal sign science? Like, th- is it allowed to fully engulf it? Like, kind of. concept? Not really, because mm-hmm. there are there are traditions that embrace technology. They don't. Yes. It's more about like in Mage, the the whole science versus magic thing is it is present and exists and it's something to contend with. But you can be someone who is scientifically minded and believes in science and not believe in the authoritarian dogma of the technocracy. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so it's not an inherent conflict. It's a de facto conflict because the technocracy is really, really powerful and they control a lot of scientific and they are trying to edge out every other paradigm, which the tech- the traditions are the good guys in that they are more pluralistic than the yep. technocracy. They, they, they have come to the conclusion that there has to be room for pluralistic multiple paradigms of, of how the world works. Um, whereas the technocracy doesn't, yep. but 
that's and that once again is even more emblematic because the traditions embrace technological paradigms as long as they are opposed to the total control of the technocracy. But because part of it is is you need part of the reason technocracy has sort of the upper hand is they sort of hijacked consen- uh, consensual reality because people believe in the scientific method. Mm-hmm. And because they, the common person, common people around the world generally believe in the scientific method, science is what's paramount. Therefore, the technocracy's abilities as mages works without disrupting the consensual reality. So in 2022, the technocracy is having a really hard time is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you could uh, interpret that way that, that there's been a huge blowback against, but that's where that sort of sort of toxicity can come in is like no your your progress is not real or is is being degraded and the traditions are more prominent well i mean that's i mean it's interesting they actually talk about this in the the most recent book that's being kickstarted lord of the traditions uh about how all of the traditions have had to update and change and become more modern Mm -hmm. As a way of surviving. So I think I think the people who are writing that book currently and hopefully the people who will be writing Mage 5 get where you're coming from, Matthew, because yeah, yeah. no one wants no one wants to write a game where science is the bad is like the de facto bad guy in this yeah. day and age. But I think they're still going to maintain that that sort of the problem is authoritarianism. The problem yeah. is dogma. The problem is, uh, you know, the zero sum game. So this kind of brings up a fun, like an anti not wanting to incorporate anti-science um, stuff into your, and kind of triggered a little thing in me that you're not quite get that the people who are listening to this aren't going to quite get yet. But there was a certain part of Star Wars where I was really like, "Is this anti-vax?" Like, <laughs> is this, now I want you. You know exactly what? Do you know what I'm, part I'm talking about? Uh, remind the radiation. Me. Radiation shots. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, under the dome and the threat that was leveled against that. Yeah, yeah. Is this anti-vax? I don't know. (laughs) But it was like, "Eh, it's weird nanotechnology. But but Scott, you bring up a hundred percent correct point about the authoritarian nature of of it, and that's really the crux of the issue, both from the technocracy sides and the tradition side of like the idea that there can be only one paradigm that is uh is over everything else so well very good question thank you for, for that spur to conversation uh this is we've got some simple questions now spurting Hard, all over the place yeah hardback or softback rpg books hardback back all the way yeah they got to yep. be durable yep you're gonna be you're yep. gonna be pulling them out you're gonna be whipping them around you're gonna be you know, uh, you know, throwing them at your friends when you get mad at them. Uh, they got to be hardback. Uh, they're going to hardback, but not the type of hardback that the first run of D&D 5 books were made out of. Yeah. Fell apart. Um, Literally in my hands. I don't know. Again, this actually comes down more to just quality to me because I've had some hardbacks that are shit and I've had some soft covers that are great and vice versa. Well, you know versa. what's never going to happen to you, though? What? You're never going to, like randomly find that one of your hardback rpg books has had its cover folded over and inside that is true fair and mm-hmm. can you th- think of anything worse than that yeah that's well, well yes obviously in terms of find a way to find an rpg book i mean one th- like soaking wet yeah one thing that is true is that either hardback or softback it's the spine of the book that you want to hit someone with Yep. Yeah. That's, you that really, is like uh, that's the that's one. where your force is. Uh, and you know? what, what tips it over for hardback for me is just the presentation, mm-hmm. because hardback will obviously have a nice hard spine. It will stand upright generally on its own. It'll look and you can organize it to look very, very aesthetically pleasing on your shelf. Yeah. Softbacks typically don't do that. They have their function. I mean, like, but they're I think cheaper. Hard, they're yeah, cheaper to cheaper, make. But hardback all the way. All right. Uh, this one's a good one. Bookmark or those ribbon things? <laughs> uh, ribbon things because they ribbon tend to be, they, things. Yeah, they ribbon tend to things. be attached to the book. Yep. Uh, and they're sturdy. And they're sturdy. And also, you know, they, they make them, I think they make them more interesting to look at and use. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them. Yep, I do too. So ribbon thingies. I'll, we're, we're pro ribbon thingies here. 
All right. Well, last last question from the audience. Do you have an RPG story you'd rather forget? Nothing terrible, just something you are embarrassed to think back on. Oh, yeah. One time where I was just like, I think I was like 16 or something. It was just like being, we were just being really, really shitty and PvP heavy at a table. And I kind of like celebrated killing someone's character. Like Ooh. I high five someone else when I killed someone's character. Oh, no. And um, don't get me wrong. They were being really disruptive. Like they were not being cool either. But I don't, I still feel kind of gross that I like, like gave like the fucking yeah when I critical and killed him because <laughs> he looked really sad and I remember that so I was like mine's a more embarrassing story. Several many years in college, I played D and D a lot. I had a character named Frederick Greycastle. I was all about dragons. I did dragon stuff. Dragon GM was guy. really cool. Let me do dragon stuff. I was like, yeah, that's great. And I got to meet a gold dragon once, and it was super awesome. And I ended up saying, hello, my name is Frederick Gay Castle. Oh, no. Straight out the gate. I was like, <laughs> first dragon, like, first, like, real dragon I wanted to talk to and interact with. I wanted to. That's the most Matthew story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, life. yeah. It was. Because it, it comes from getting mush mouthed. Yeah, yeah. You just got was... mush mouthed. Yep. That's it. No, because I got excited and I said very quickly and it came out wrong and I was like, fuck. Solid five minutes. Never. They, I, we could not get him on, back on track for about five minutes. I, I know of one that I, I would think you would want to forget, Matthew. Oh, oh no, no. These aren't stories about me, motherfucker. <laughs> These are stories that you are embarrassed oh, about. Oh, but it's so good. It's that time you were really sure you knew how abyssals worked. Yes, yes, I've told that story before, though, but this is about you. What uh, bad, terrible, embarrassing uh, story do you have, sir? Well, it really wasn't embarrassing. It was just one that I, I hated, um, and it's one that we were all there for. It was Volcano Day at FOD. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. That, that was fucking terrible. That like, was all, well, I had a couple good moments. Yeah, and it, it did. I mean, I like, felt cool here and there, but here and there it felt cool. But like, it was bad, and like, it wasn't like, oh, we have brought this upon ourselves. It all makes sense nope. narrative. No, nope. it was it was bad no. because they fucked up, and they fucked up so. Oh, is that when we did the big like feel battle at night? A and narcissist. We... Yeah, that's when a narcissist who had nothing left to lose was given absolute power. For some reason, yep. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, people, I remember that. And the people who could do something to stop him didn't. Yep, it fucked. And, and we had all had a very bad time. We had a. I remember that. Yeah, that was a thing I would love to fucking forget because that was awful. It felt bad. Nobody was happy by the end of it except for one person, and it wasn't a player. I promise you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the person who. This was my last game. So it's like as on staff, it's like you fucker. Yeah, yeah. we like, we got we got cool put over got the barrel on that one. That's like that's a game I'd like to. I thought was bad There's, and needed to forget about. I've it. never felt so. I nary again have I felt so utterly fucked. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. But that I, I th th those are definitely. But yeah, those are all memories that I'd like to like to not remember on some level because I thought they were embarrassing. Uh, and that's and that's kind of where RPGs are. They're about stories, both mm -hmm. the ones you create and the ones you remember and the ones you want to forget about. Like, yeah, I just yeah, mine comes more from the you know the 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 prevailing rule of don't be a dick, and I totally was being one, mm, and I feel, yeah. and believe me, I revisit all of my sins, <laughs> my scenes. Yeah, my you're scenes. 14 years later, just all. lying in bed trying to get to sleep, yep. and you just go. Fuck, I was oh, an asshole. Oh, man, I was such a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I just say it out loud. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, man. But you can't, you, there's no way to make That's, up for it. It's it's gone. It's past. He's gone. They wouldn't know what you were talking about, even if you ever <laughs> got in contact with them. It would make no sense. You would sound like a psychopath, but I feel bad about it still. Oh, man, there was this one LARP that I was at. Uh, it was at Origins, and it was in a mage LARP. Um, and, like, I was just on a fucking roll. Like I was, I was, I had the holy fire in me yep. uh, because like I was, I was 
there was these assholes who wanted to kill us for being mages and like you know they were they were they were religiously motivated so i went on like this huge fucking like not explicitly anti-religious but like anti-religious bigotry uh tirade and i wouldn't let anybody like contradict me in any way um and like looking back on it uh yeah i I probably should have let more people be in the into the story spot you took the spotlight and just put it over your head but it was a very everyone get ready to pay attention to me here's the funny part though the funny part is that i then uh proceeded to win the best role player award (laughs) oh you got the you got the man you got the you got thumbs up oh you mean you mean mean the reward no, well, okay, when I say I won the best role player award, I meant they gave me a copy of the Vampire the Masquerade chess set. Like, I didn't just give a pat on the back. They gave me a prize. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I felt, real, <laughs> I felt real good about it then. But when I think about it, I'm like, oh, man, I was really, I was just a fucking blowhard. That's always been my problem with the best role player award. And any, no matter what this prize or what reward is, it's always it's like... The loudest motherfucker. Fucking just take the goddamn spotlight from as much as much for as much time as humanly possible. Yeah, that was fun. That was, <laughs> was, was fun. fun. They, they shouldn't have rewarded me for being that big of a dick, <laughs> but they you know, did. They sure did. They sure did. All right, boys. That was the last question we have. What do we want to talk about in this as we start closing and wrapping this shit up? Um, I just want to thank uh, our listeners and our patrons, uh, and both of you for this leg of the journey, uh, that we've been doing on this here podcast. Yep. Uh, and I really, I really am looking forward to seeing how things shake out with the new format. Mm-hmm. I hope that people will follow us over to the new home, uh, and will continue to support us in the, in the ways that they've had. Uh, and yeah, that's what I want to say is this has been a great journey and it's not over. It's just changing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would really hope that they really, they, they, after so after 150 episodes, they like us because it sure as shit ain't the incisive commentary. I mean, come oh, on. No. I think we've got a couple interesting insights here and there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have any type of humor that isn't self-deprecating. So you're just going to have to work with me here. <laughs> Uh, I like to think that we had more hits than misses mm-hmm. overall. Oh yeah, I think I, I've it's been one hell of a thing, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for I blows my mind uh, to find out that the numbers were in the triple digits that there were that more than a hundred people have ever listened to this show, and I mean grand total uh, <laughs> <laughs> over the last few years. So that was surprising um, that there was someone at the. Uh, that there was someone at the night in question who listened to us completely independently of like knowing it, you know, just knew who we were and yeah, yeah, being re- being referred to as media, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh no, no. Uh, oh so oh was- oh oh. Speaking of which, little little belated at the end of the show news thing, uh, we are in the early part of February is when we're going to get uh, dates and news about new Jackalope events for this year. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, if you're interested in those, if you wanna wanna, I'm really hope that we get Elysium Chronicles information because that's what I'm super jazzed about from Jackalope. I uh, sure hope that it is. I mean, if it's it's gonna be real rough on me if it's in Texas. It's, the first one's probably gonna be in Texas. I know it probably yeah. is. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I, I, I would not doubt it if they made their way to Atlanta at some point. But yeah, so look out for that. Yep. As for me, I will second and third both my friends here. It's been a great journey. I have learned a lot. I have grown a lot with both of them. They have grown a lot. And you have been there for pretty much every moment of it that we wanted you guys to hear. Um, And so I appreciate you guys dearly. Um, I've learned a lot and I have applied that information um, something I never got to tell you guys, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you here. I can't give oh, a lot shit. of details because I am under an NDA <gasps> um, is because of polyhedron and because of some of the other work I've done. Uh, I was actually able to get a professional writing gig 
Unfortunately, there because of COVID and a few other things that has stuff has my work is done, but the actual publication has been severely delayed. Um, if ever, I don't know. I don't have the details. I'm the lowest man on the totem pole as far as that, that all concerned. But I've been waiting for almost two years to tell you guys about this. Because if you remember, I think it was just when we were talking about the night in question the first time we went, Scott mentioned a little incident that happened in the car ride mm -hmm. over there. I got an email saying, hey, would you like to be a writer for us? And I was like, flipping my goddamn shit in the car. Because my work here and my work doing writing had gotten the attention of actual professionals and I got paid for doing a job. And you guys, even though you get to listen to this, helped me do that. So I thank you for that. Um, if my, my work ever gets officially published, I will happily tell you under, well, uh, during the show. But I've been wanting to tell you guys this for a very long time. And I was just like, well, I don't know if it'll ever happen, so might as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I mean, and, I also I kind of know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we we, we uh -huh. knew that. But no, my <laughs> friends knew, my good friends, but 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 in general, I could not tell the world about it because of my NDA. Um, but I'm now working on other projects too. So because I already announced two of them, and I'm probably going to start working on some more. So I'm very happy for that. I'm I'm glad I'm getting back into writing and I appreciate polyhedron and my friends and my and the audience for supporting me for these six odd years. Because it's literally been six years, guys. Crazy. It's been a crikey ridiculous amount of time. <laughs> uh, crikey. Um hundred and fifty episodes and we'll see how many the uh the next show goes. But I think we can do hundred and fifty yeah. I hope so. Not the last time, but maybe last I don't know. I'll just put it out there. No, we're keeping the fucking outro. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> so once again, as always, with nothing but love, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkive on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. 